Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Aaron McMahon. In this week's episode, we will talk about the changes to the Michigan Athletics budget and what it means for sports in the fall, as well as some big basketball recruiting news. All that and more on this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. All right, Aaron, how's it going? Uh, same old, same old. I will say it's warmer outside than it has been recently, but... That's for sure. Yes. For our listeners outside of Ann Arbor, have been very hot here. Uh, but hey, I now have air conditioning. My house, we, we have been without it for weeks and weeks, but it got, got installed today. It's a good oh, day. Perfect timing. It's a good day. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Very good timing. But I mean, we've also had some hot days and, you know, pregnant wife and it's been, it's been, it's been rough here, but uh, we're, we're good now. Um, no Ryan here. He's, uh, he's golfing. Out golfing the golf vacation this week. No furlough this time. He just decided to take the old PTO. Right, right. We'll get the uh, we'll get the full report on on his game when he returns. Um, but yeah, there has been has been some news um, lately, uh, including uh, just last night, Monday night, a special meeting was called um, to discuss the University of Michigan uh, budget. It had been. We can, you know, get into some of these things in, in more detail as we go along here, but just sort of the set set the table. Um, it had been rejected by the Board of Regents um, last week, was it? Uh, yeah. And, yeah, in the initial meeting. Um, so they called a special meeting to, um, you know, try again. Um, and this was take two. It worked. Um, so it, it's for the coming fiscal year, which starts uh, tomorrow, <laughs> July 1. Um, which is also Canada Day. So shout out to our podcast audio editors, as well as any of our listeners in Canada, uh, Canada Day. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what what happened. And we can, you know, get into kind of last year, how they what they spent compared to what they made and kind of what they're projecting this year. But um, yeah, Aaron, you actually, you know, you were you were following along watching they, they live stream these meetings. Um, you know, both the first one where it, it didn't happen and then last night when it did. So, uh, yeah, what can you tell us about it? There, there are a lot of drama. Um, usually with these things, it's, you know, the rubber stamp. They kind of, the, the board typically goes into these things with their, you know, inclination of where they're going to go. And it, 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 I don't know if it last time, but I know University President Mark Slissel even made a remark on Thursday when the, the, the budget was rejected. And that was the first time he'd ever seen that. Um, so typically these things, it, it doesn't happen like this, but anyway, to, to, you know, to let the listeners know what happened Thursday, they had a ske- previously scheduled board of uh, regents meeting. Um, it was held virtually as many things are nowadays because they, they can't meet in person. Um, but they, you know, it was the, the annual vote to, to the budget and tuition increase and everything else. And I'll spare you guys the details on the, the budget numbers with the, the university as a whole. Um, but the, the crux of it was to they wanted to raise tuition. You know, they come out with a proposal to raise tuition at the Ann Arbor campus and the Flint campus at 1.9%. Uh, Ann Arbor and Dearborn, 1.9%. Mm-hmm. Flint was a little bit higher, I believe. Um, but anyway, there was a robust rejection to that very, very early on in the discussion. Um, the One of the regents, Denise Illich, um, came out adamantly against a raise in tuition. She called it tone deaf. Um, she she recited you know other universities who had opted to freeze tuition this this uh, this season or this year. Mm-hmm. Um, she cited Michigan State, Central Michigan, Western Michigan. 
uh, that she felt like was a bad idea. The vote ended up being four to four when they came down to vote for it. They needed a simple majority. So all they needed was one more person to vote yes, and they couldn't get it. Um, so they ended up coming back Monday, Monday night for a special meeting. And one of the reasons they did that, as you, as you mentioned, the fiscal year begins July 1, which is Wednesday. Um, but University President Mark Schlissel made a point of saying had they not had a budget in place for Wednesday, they would have legally had to shut down the university. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why they called that special meeting yesterday, last night. I think you have to give 24-hour notice, um, but they were taking a second crack at the budget. Uh, they ended up passing it this time. Uh, well, Thursday, the vote was four to four. Uh, Monday, the vote was five to two. There was one regent that was not uh, in, in attendance, but they were able to sway the opinions of, of a couple of regions, Paul Brown and Jordan Acker, uh, who had previously voted against it. Um, now, keep in mind, the, the tuition increases are still going through. However, um, they made a, a, a plea or a, um, you know, they, they, they made a um, determination they're going to provide more funding, financial assistance uh, to, to some, some lower level uh, students now, or more in need students. Now, the, the kicker here is, um, where the athletic department budget comes in, obviously. Um, where Manuel presented the athletic department budget on Thursday, he didn't, he didn't speak Monday because nothing had changed at that point. Um, but he, he forecasts, as we, as we wrote last week at MLive.com, you know, more than $26 million deficit uh, for the 2020-2021 fiscal year. Uh, they're projecting revenues of about 135, a little under $136 million and expenses of a little over $161 million. Uh, so that's a, that's a significant, you know, obviously gap there. Um, you know, they're, they're anticipate making up the difference to, uh, you know, v- through various means. Uh, they, they mentioned debt service. They're going to, um, you know, obviously use the. They're going to uh, have salary cuts. Um, salary, yeah, salary cuts. There, there's a multitude of things that are going here, um, including $6 million um, in reduction initiatives for salaries, wages, and benefits. Uh, $6.5 million for team and game expenses. Um, those weren't explained, but the salary, wages, and benefits were kind of outlined uh, Monday night in a release. Immediately after the special meeting ended, um, they, they detailed pay cuts for almost all the head coaches uh, at Michigan, including Jim Harbaugh and Jawan Howard. Uh, they're going to take a 10% salary cut. Ward Manuel is taking a sal- 10% salary cut. Um, so it's, as we've seen across the country, other universities are, are doing the same thing. We've seen pay cuts elsewhere. I think Washington just announced a 15% pay cut. So it's it's yeah. not uh, out of the, out of the uh, lockstep what other schools are doing. Yeah. Now, with those pay cuts, as you mentioned in your, in your story, I mean, it is there it comes out of their true salary that they that they get from the University of Michigan, which is um, far less in the in the case of these high profile coaches than their total compensation package, we'll call it. Um, you know, so you, you see Harbaugh making, you know, whatever, eight million, you know, oh, 10 percent is, you know, the eight hundred thousand or whatever, it, you know. No, it's not that because it, it's more like off of his, you know, actual salary with the university, which is what closer to like a half a million a year or something like that. Yeah, I calculated six hundred five thousand. Okay. Keep in mind that, and you know, I wrote this thing in M Live. Jim Jim took a uh, a he he got a pay raise back in January, ten percent pay raise. On that that was all of his compensation, including his base salary. Um, so his, his salary jumped from I think five fifty to six hundred five this year. So he's it's it's essentially erasing that. Um, so he'll be making give or take, I keep in mind this, this pay cut goes into effect August 1st and through yeah. the end of the fiscal year next year. So in reality, a lot of these coaches are only taking pay cuts at this point, at least for 11 months, not the yeah. full year. And, and I don't, and I don't bring that point up previous point up to as 
passing judgment for what they're doing. I'm just, you know, pointing it out that it does, you know, just to, to give the context. Yeah. So basically, you know, if we look at last year um, and, and, and several years before, you know, Michigan spent what it brought in, which is, which is kind of how most high profile athletic departments work. I mean, they, they, in my opinion, kind of bring in uh, more than they need, uh, but, but they find ways to spend it. You know, you've got it. So you spend it. It's sort of this arms race and, you know, facilities are upgraded and, and whatnot. So, you know, yeah, this year, as you mentioned, there's a a $26 million deficit being projected, Um, you know, and, and why a a big reason would be uh, the projected decrease in spectator admissions revenue. So they do not expect, you know, as many, uh, fans in the stands essentially. Um, and they, they did say that, uh, this was a projection. Um, and then it's, you know, almost too early to say exactly what their plans are. Don't take this to mean, Oh, we're going to have, you know, the big house, for example, is going to be 50% full. That's that, like that, that's not what, uh, they're saying necessarily. Um, there's also they also are going to be spending a little more um, in scholarship money uh, because of what we've discussed on this podcast previously. You know the the spring athletes who were granted that additional mm-hmm. year um, in turn in total I think they projected that to be less than less than a million when all was said and done. So yeah, sort of a, yeah, drop in the bucket. You know overall here, um, but. But yeah, I mean, again, yeah, to offset you know some of this, like you said, there's going to be the salary cuts. Um, and then other expenses will decrease by six and a half million, they project, due to, quote, unquote, various expense reduction initiatives. Uh, and that is PR lingo for stuff. I, I have inquired <laughs> about that. I haven't gotten a firm answer on what that means or what, what, what Ward Manual envisions with that. I suspect that's to do with travel and hotel stays. And I was going to say, let's throw out some possibilities instead of flying. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of possibilities there. I don't how they came to that round number. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but again, and these are all projections. I mean, these numbers may change um, as, as you, you know, as you saw Ward unveiled the, the, the final numbers or the projected final numbers for this, this, this fiscal year that's ending. Um, they were they were a little off from what they projected from last summer. Now Michigan did finish the 2019-2020 fiscal year with a one million dollar surplus. Um, the, the prior year, 1819, I think they finished with about a six million dollar surplus. So Michigan is working. They they do have money in the bank. Um, they will be dipping into their reserves. You're going to have to do that. Um, that's that was a term I was looking for earlier that I totally couldn't figure couldn't think of. Um, mm-hmm. But reserves will be key for Michigan, not only with the athletic department, but the university as a whole. I mean, they're going to have to, they, they, they brought that up time and again during the, the board of regions meetings, they're going to have to dip into what they have in, in, in the coffer, coffers and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you see a lot of universities will have to be doing the same thing, they anticipate getting less money from the state of Michigan. They anticipate enrollment being down to some degree. They just, they, but there's so many unknowns at this point, not only from a university standpoint, but obviously athletics you mentioned the 50% you know decline in spectator admissions that's a projection i mean that could be more that could be less it's all, a lot of that will have to do um, with whether or not the football season uh, whether it happens or not but whether they they're, they're allowed to let people into the big house so a lot of unknowns at this point you know ward manuel did mention that he had a couple of models forecasted uh, but this is the one they ultimately decided to print uh, the border border regions but again that could change we may be having a different conversation six months down the road, but at this point, given everything that's that the, the knowns, the, the things that they do know, um, they're going to they're going to be short money. They're going to be short a lot of it. 
Yeah, I mean, right now they're saying they're going to save some money by not spending as much money, but that we have no idea what. I mean, you know, I, I wonder, you know, Washington. Okay, they got their three their three uh, non conference games. Washington, of course, cutting that out. You could cut out, you know, the 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 travel there, um, and it's a uh, again that was a home and home game, so you could just completely you know restructure that with Washington potentially. The other the other two. Uh, games and non-conference games um miami of ohio sorry ball state ball Ball state State. and arkansas state um you've got those are you know what we call buy games bui or guaranteed games whatever you want to call them you know where michigan spends uh pays those programs to to come to michigan and you know they handle their own those schools handle their own expenses for travel but you know they get their they get their flat fee for coming which is I mean, is it is it not close to a million dollars, over a million dollars in football yeah, these days? I'm sure true. you reported those, um, you know, at, at the times they, they were known. So, yeah, that's a way to potentially save. Now, those contracts, and, and you you probably have them, um, are, you know, they do have they do have buyouts. You know, if you're not going to if you're if you cancel the contract for some reason um, and sometimes you can't even really do it this close to the game without an even more severe penalty, but they come with penalties now. They also have these act of God clauses in there, or could you work it out with the school? Maybe Ball State uh, doesn't really want to come either. Arkansas State doesn't want to make the trip either, and it, it could be a mutual canceling of the contract. So right. I don't know, but that that's that's another way to potentially save money. Again, that's just speculation. We we don't know, um, you know, what else they will will do. Um, but yeah, you do you do wonder how you're gonna how you get up to to six and a half uh, million. Um, because, and there are other yeah. possibilities there. I mean, they, they, they do hit the, they do play at Michigan state. That's a bus trip anyway. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't stay in the hotel the night before. Maybe they stay in an Arbor as opposed to going to East Lansing. Uh, they, they play at Minnesota. I, I suspect they're going to have to fly there no matter what. Anyway, Rutgers is probably a flight. Ohio state. Again, they would typically I think fly Ohio state. Maybe they bust this time. Um, so there's, there are, there are options there where they can try and shave some money, but you're right. That's, that's a lot. It's a big, uh, it's a big amount. And they can do that with other sports too, like, you know, basketball, um, baseball, softball. I mean, there's, there's stuff that they can do. Um, right. It's going to, it's going to be interesting to see how, how they come to that number. And if that number ends up being the figure that they, they need. Yes. This is the full um, athletics budget. Not, you know, not just football. We're talking about that because that's, you know, coming up first here, but um, yeah, I mean, they stay at a hotel. Uh, the football team stays at a hotel the Friday night, even before, uh, Four home games. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that could be, that could be another thing, especially with the way they're, they're, you know, maybe planning to do their, their quarantine anyway. Um, you know, that maybe makes sense to not go to a new location and kind of just stick with whatever you've been doing, uh, you know, throughout the week anyway. But um, yeah, it is, it is interesting to kind of, you know, think about how, how this is all going to shape up, but there are, there are a lot of unknowns and that, that was written right there in there in, in the athletic department's release when they uh, highlighted some of these changes that they were, um, you know, projections and that they were, uh, you know, based on the information they have at this time, um, you know, the school has not announced what they're doing for the football season yet. I would expect that to come soon though. Right. I mean, War manual told us end of June, early July, any reason to think that timeline has changed or. No, I mean, I'm curious. And I was thinking about this earlier today because I figured it would come up with a topic and, and I'm most curious to see where this decision is, how this decision is made and where it necessarily comes from. Obviously the university and the athletic department will have the biggest say, 
But you know, how much does the uh, the state have a say? Does the Big Ten make a decision on whether or not they have to allow their schools maybe to play non-conference? I mean, there's so many decision makers in, in this decision that's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I I would suspect some type of scheduling thing will come down from the Big Ten, whether they you know decide to play more conference games or race non-conference, whatever. Um, so it, there's a lot of decision makers in this in this decision, and they're going to have to make it I think unilaterally um, as opposed to maybe you know doing it. Um, as, as, as a, you know, one-off thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. We had some, uh, it's a big, big recruiting news in, in the state of Michigan and, you know, just nationally, the number one player in the 2022, three class, I'm forgetting all my years, 2022. What year is he these days? I can't keep track of all the, he reclassified. I think he reclassified. Well, yeah. I don't think that's uh, official that official? He, okay. that he's reclassified, but yeah, he's going to be a junior. He has two more years of high school left if he mm-hmm. wants it. So that makes him uh that makes him 2022 class. Um, Amani Bates, um, you know, right here in, in Ypsilanti, uh, chose Michigan state committed to Michigan state. Um, you know, but but phrased it as, you know, I don't know what the future will hold, but, you know, as of now, like I'm committing to Michigan State. Um, and he did hold a, a Michigan offer. Um, and in, you know, you could say, well, shoot, the number one player, that class, I'm sure he had like a ton of offers, but he really didn't. Um, and, you know, Kyle Austin, uh, my you know counterpart over at with them live covering Michigan State, you know, ha- ha- has stories on this that, that go into more detail. But, you know, essentially many colleges thought uh, and probably continue to think that Amani Bates is not going to go to college. He's going to go pro. He's going to do, he, he's not going to end up on a campus. So why waste your time recruiting him? So he just didn't, he didn't hold that many offers. Um, you know, I saw an ESPN story noted that uh, earlier this month was the first day that uh, coaches could, you know, contact uh, players in his class, you know, by phone and uh, he only heard from one coach. And the only program he heard from was Michigan State and Tom Izzo. Um, and again, just kind of speaks to, you know, what the, these other schools didn't really want to waste their time. But um, he did hold a Michigan offer from, from Juwan Howard. Um, and uh, that, w- that, came, uh, that came last summer, around, around this time last year. Um, you know, Juwan did go uh, see him play in person, you know, with, with Jalen Rose. That kind of, you know, made headlines um, when he went to watch him. But uh, yeah, Amani Bates is uh, committed to Michigan State, um, and he's going to have his own. You know, he's, he's transferring. He's, he's transferring to a prep school that you know his father has created. Um, yeah, where where they're recruiting some some top local talent and and even some some guys from there's a guy from Atlanta on the team and uh, I think Alabama maybe there you know kids from all over um, kind of joining this 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 super team for um, at least one year for Amani Bates possibly. Possibly too. I'm a little surprised that more schools didn't go after him. I, I know there's always been this assumption he's going to, you know, if if eligible, he jumped straight to the NBA as opposed to playing in college. But you know, especially if your school around here, you know, you know, I'm surprised more than more schools just didn't try. I mean, it, even if he were to make the jump, it, it just I don't know, it baffles me that more schools didn't didn't try and reach out and, and put more of an effort in. Um, but like you said, it, it's unclear at this point whether he even plays in college. That, that we have right. to wait and see what the NBA does with its draft rule. Um, but at this point, it's a big one for Michigan State. And if he and if he never puts on a Michigan State uniform, I still think it's a win for them just for the exposure standpoint. And I think you know it, it's a win for Tom Izzo to say you know he's able to build a relationship with Amani 
and lure this potential generational player to, to, to East Lansing. I, I completely agree. I mean, as you know, Kyle notes in his story, you know, even if he doesn't play, they, 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 they got the good press there, you know, yesterday, you know, he's on ESPN. That's where he made his announcement live, you know, putting on the machine state hat with the rest of his family. Um, you know, I think about shoot, even, even years down the line, if he, you know, if he fulfills his potential and, you know, becomes a, you know, NBA all time, great. Um, you know, much like LeBron is, is sort of linked to Ohio state in a way, um, you know, you could say that, you know, Monica, like, Hey, if, if, had I gone to college, that would have been the school. Like I would have, I would have gone to Michigan state. I mean, it didn't do anything, even if he didn't do anything for the program on the court, um, you know, other players in his class could potentially commit to Michigan state, you know, thinking they get to be teammates with him, even if it doesn't ever happen, you know, in, in that regard, they're still potentially going there. Um, so it will be interesting to th- to see, but you know, some of these schools didn't go after him because they thought the NBA rule by this point would have been changed to players allowed to go, go straight from high school to the pros. Now it's looking like that's not going to happen by the time uh, Bates would graduate. And uh, yeah, they, they could be looking foolish for not going after him. Part of me too wonders if, if uh, again, I'm not in Amani's head. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know. Obviously we don't know a year down year from now, what the NBA rule is going to be on being drafted, mm-hmm. but Part of me thinks too, this is a reward to Tom Izzo in Michigan State for being, you know, for recruiting him, for coming out and showing support. Because, like you said, you know, he he can say that, hey, if I had I gone to college, I would have gone, I would have gone to Michigan State. So I, I think it's in a way, it's it's a pat on the back to Tom Izzo from Amani and his father and their coaches for saying, hey, we we want to thank you for showing, you know, love and support and and showing that you're generally interested in us as, as opposed to some of these other schools that didn't even bother trying because, you know, had we known the NBA rule would, you know, had we known that the one and done thing wouldn't have been there or had we known that straight to college mm-hmm. thing wouldn't, wouldn't be there next year. I think it's fair to say Amani probably would have a scholarship all from every major single division one school. So the fact that Jim, uh, the fact that um, I almost said Juwan Howard, Tom is <laughs> stuck his head out there and, and, and right away, you know, showed interest in, in Amani. I think it's, it, it was a goodwill gesture for yesterday on ESPN for them. Yeah. I mean, he certainly he did, didn't have to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through the recruiting rankings for, uh, for his class there. There's, there's one other, the number five ranked player is committed to Syracuse. Um, but geez, Noah. Okay. Number 29 player is committed, but that's, that's it. I'm seeing in the top, top 100 as far as, you know, okay. There's one, one other, uh, Ohio state's got one at number 90, but that's it. Uh, what was that? Uh, four, four kids, you know, in the top 100 or in that class are committed. It's early. I mean, it's very early. There's, there's plenty of kids uncommitted, um, you know, in the 2021 class that are going into their senior year. So, um, yeah, I mean, to yeah, do it now, I, I think that's uh, spot on that, that that could have been part of the uh, the motivation. Um, yeah. I but, will say one thing before yeah. we move topic, but like. I thought that the abruptness of the announcement and the surprise, mm-hmm. I think, because going into yesterday, I don't think many folks anticipated this happening. There was nope. some rumor on social media that, hey, Imani might announce something. But usually with these things, you have a good idea. There's a leak. There's there's some there's some inclination that what yeah. you know he what he would have done, and there really wasn't much. Now you could you could have assumed he would he could have picked Michigan State because they were the ones that most aggressively picked him. But right, but he didn't put I, out a list of here my right, top ten right. or or here's the date I'm going to announce like many kids do. You didn't do anything. Right. It was just it was just hey I, I'm committing to Michigan State. It was in the middle of the day on a Monday afternoon <laughs> on, on Sports Center. It just it's it was a weird situation because we're just not programmed or you know we're so, we're so conditioned a lot of these high school kids whether it's football basketball whatever 
um, you know, announcing on social media or like you said, putting out the top 10 list, top five lists and kind of, wind- you know, whittling it down. And yeah. he just didn't do that. He came out and, you know, he, he said it. So it was, I thought it was interesting. It was, it was newsworthy. It was surprised a lot of folks just based on the timing. And uh, I thought it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean, sticking with recruiting Michigan, uh, it may seem like, you know, somewhat old news now, but, but since our last podcast, Michigan did grab a, uh, its first commitment for 2021. Um, and that's, uh, Isaiah Barnes, a Chicago area kid. Um, he's actually living there now because he's transferring to uh, Simeon, um, kind of a basketball power there in the city. Um, Barnes is number 106 in the in the rankings that we always kind of reference here at MLive, the, the 24-7 sports composite list. Uh, he is in the top 100, you know, in, in other ranking you know, individual recruiting service rankings. But, um, you know, he's kind of right there after being not ranked um, at the time that Michigan offered him. He didn't even have a a, a ranking at all. Um, So he really kind of blew up over this past, you know, couple months, um, you know, owing to a a very strong, uh, you know, junior year of, uh, you know, at at high school, Um, you know, has not been able to like most of these recruits had not been able to really do anything in the spring, no visits, no, um, you know, no AAU tournaments, um, you know, because of the pandemic. So yeah, he went from, you know, this time a year ago, uh, had one high major offer from, you know, in-state big 10 school, Illinois, um, to then, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of top schools, Kansas, uh, you know, among them jumping in and, uh, yeah, you know, he commits to, uh, he commits to Michigan despite he's never been on the campus. He's never met Jawan Howard in person. You know, it was all done through through you know Zoom calls and things like that. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he's a uh, you know he's a kid who got six foot six um, and starting to kind of fill out his frame. You know, put on thirty pounds over this past year. Um, you know, close to like fifty pounds if you stretch back even further in his high school career. Um, yeah, starting to fill out and and kind of he always had that athleticism, that skill you know, as a, as a shooter, passer, scorer. Um, yeah. And now kind of, kind of putting it all together with, uh, you know, his coach believes at least an even, even higher ceiling. So it's, uh, the first, uh, the first get for, for Michigan for, uh, 2021 goes to, yeah. Isaiah Barnes out of the Chicago area, which of course is where Juwan Howard is from kind of goes back to his roots. Although he didn't, it's not like he really got to, to go there to, 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 to see Isaiah in action, but, um, yeah, Michigan still has plenty of openings for that class. I mean, exactly how many, it's hard to say, of course. You don't know, you know, will, will Franz Wagner be around by then? Will you know, Sean D. Brown, the Wake Forest transfer, will will he be playing his red shirt, you know, senior year then? Or will he have already played this season and therefore he won't be available? Will he, uh, you know, will any of, the, any of the other players transfer? You just don't know. But, you know, at the bare minimum, they should have uh, four other spots to fill in that class. So, yeah, this is this is just just the start for Michigan, who's who's after uh, you know plenty of plenty of the top players you know in that class. Uh, just just the other day, another player, um, Matthew Cleveland, um, he's ranked number twenty four in the class overall. Um, put Michigan in his top five. They got several other players ranked you know around near that who have Michigan in there you know among their finalists, top top seven, top ten, whatever it may be. Um, so a lot of top players you know considering Michigan. That was kind of the case in this last recruiting class, and Michigan didn't really didn't get the bulk of them. But you know, Jawan Howard is really playing catch up with those guys. He's 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 on a little bit more of an even playing field with the with the kids who are, um, you know, 
you know, a little bit younger, obviously. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all uh, shakes out. But uh, before we wrap up, do you think Michigan not playing in the tournament may have hurt any momentum uh, Juwan had with recruiting? Because obviously Michigan sells itself. Mm-hmm. Juwan is name value sells itself. But I think the but he was obviously in the running for a lot of you know high profile five star guys. But maybe Michigan perhaps having a run in the Big Ten tournament, at the NCAA tournament would have put maybe been the chair in the top with with all that with in terms of the resume and everything. Do you think that had a factor? In, in yeah, the- I mean, obviously, you know, no schools got to participate, but you know, so did it hurt Michigan more potentially because they did kind of have that downturn in Big Ten play at one point, and that the thought that they had was that okay, they were starting to come back. And, you know, that's that's the event that, you know, a lot of people turn into uh, tune into. And, and, you know, they could have they could have made a, a, a you know, a, a deep run and, and yeah, caught people's eye. I think it, it definitely helped that they did win that battle for Atlantis tournament in the Bahamas, because a lot of people do bring that up, um, you know, that they, they saw that, you know, those games were, you know, all on ESPN, you know, kind of over Thanksgiving. People were probably home watching them. Um, you know, and Michigan had some some high profile matchups in that. They won that, so that kind of that did a lot, I think, to to get them uh, in good graces with some of these kids. But um, no doubt, it probably hurt that uh, they weren't able to have a uh, you know March Madness. Although, who knows? Maybe you lose maybe you lose a player like Franz Wagner right. or you know Isaiah Livers, who's who's still on the fence. You know, they could have had a, a great a great postseason, and then you end up end up losing them potentially. So, um, you know, who knows how it all would have played out, but yeah, I expect, you know, more commitments, uh, at some point, I don't know, you know, it's uh, a lot of kids have committed, but you know, also with there's this, I spoke to one, one kid who, who said he absolutely wants to do his campus visits before he, he commits anywhere. So anyone who's thinking that has to wait, uh, uh at least till September. We know that, that it's gonna yeah, be a while, yeah. who knows how long. So, all right. I think that about uh, wraps it up for this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening.